Hello and welcome to the Steph Sanzaro podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here with us this week. Now this podcast is a space for open and honest conversation, a space for my guests and I to lean into vulnerability and to talk about the things that are really important to us and the things that we would like to raise awareness for. But before we dive into today's episode, I would really love to share with you this week's sponsor. Now, as some of you will know, at the beginning of June, I purchased myself a weighted blanket from Koala Comforts. I had been experiencing much higher levels of anxiety than normal, and I was just finding that I was waking up all the way through the night. So I realized pretty quickly into the use of my weighted blanket that I had found something pretty incredible. Suddenly I was sleeping through the night. I found I wasn't moving around at all and that was really impacting my energy levels the next day. So it was a complete turnaround very quickly. So that's why I decided to reach out to Koala Comforts to see if they would like to work together because I wanted you at home to feel exactly what I was feeling, but to also throw a cheeky little discount in there for you all as well. Now you all know how important the environment is to me and how important it is for me to work with businesses who have the exact same ethos. And Koala Comforts is exactly that. They choose to use 100% organic bamboo. They use recycled materials wherever possible may even plant a tree with every single order, meaning they have sequestered 101 tons of CO2 to date. And that's not to mention that they actually use carbon neutral delivery services as well. Koala Comforts are 100% Aussie owned and they offer the largest range of colors and sizes of weighted blankets throughout Australia. They are backed by science. So I tell you, hop online today, Use Steph10 at checkout. Secure yourself 10% off your order because you will not regret it. It is 100% the best purchase that I have made this year. Now, let's get stuck into today's episode. In today's episode, we are joined by Shanna Kennedy, a best-selling author, life coach, presenter, wife, mother, and well-being specialist. Today, we will be discussing a little bit about our current situation amidst the numerous lockdowns across Australia and how we can reframe our mindset and include a little semblance of routine into our temporary normal. Shannon takes us through the path forward after learning to move through and manage depression and chronic fatigue when they arise. We talk about the necessity of self-nurture and how that flows out into the other areas of our lives. We talk understanding the stages of grief and how they apply to any life change, stepping outside our comfort zone, saying yes, and much, much more. I cannot wait for you all to feel Shanna's warm and loving energy. So without further ado, I would love to give a very humble welcome to the wonderful Shanna Kennedy. Now, I would love to just dive straight in, if that's okay. Shanna, thank you for joining me today. I um, am very excited to talk to you about your new book, Plan B, which I have finished reading. It is incredible. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. 
great to it's great to be with you today. Now I know that you're and I'm coming to you from Geelong. You're in Melbourne right now. Now I was reading through your book, thinking how perfectly timed it is to be coming to us all at a time where we really need to pivot and we need to navigate change. How are you coping with this recent lockdown? I'm doing pretty good, I have to say, but I'm using every skill and you know, tool and tip and trick that I know to really keep myself feeling really on the straight and narrow every day and, and to avoid the roller coaster. It's also what I teach. And um, as you know, this is our fifth time in lockdown with the kids home, the husband home. Um, and I think we just need to lean in and we just need to find out what we can control and focus on controlling the controllables. And we all know where our focus goes, our energy flows. So I'm really trying to protect my energy, which is the first and foremost, most important thing. Would you mind sharing with me maybe one or two ways in how you're doing that at the moment? Yes, well, I use sticky notes. So um, I'm a very big fan of sticky notes. So my to-do list is actually called my joy list. So I stopped writing the word to do because it felt like it was laborious and it's another chore on the list and it's another proposal to do or something to send out. And as soon as I changed it to joy, I've got this big thing called joy list in front of me. I don't know, I start to approach things with, oh, no, I, I get to do this, not I have to do this, I get to do this. So that real mindset work really works for me. And the other thing is I've got in the bathrooms a little sticky note that says breathe. So you know, we, we forget to take a breath. So every time we wash our hands, we could be washing our hands very mindfully and taking three deep breaths. And if we did that six or seven times a day, you know, you really feel grounded, you feel calm, you know, you can tell yourself you've got this um, and you get that air into the body. Whereas I think most people have stopped breathing <laughs> and we're just in this stuck state. Definitely. I think we all are. And I'm not sure about you and those surrounding you at the moment, but I think a lot of people in my community at the moment are just feeling a little bit unmotivated and are just struggling with routine. And that was something really largely that came across in your book that was like routine is extremely important to us. Would you mind telling me why it is so important? Um, because humans need rhythm and ritual, right? And we've got a new normal now. It's not the same as before. So I think a lot of people are grieving the past and now fun and exciting lives. But there's also a compounding fatigue from last year. So we are feeling like, oh, I don't want my routine, it's all boring. But it's actually a cumulative effect from last year's fatigue. And now we find ourselves in the same position. So it's so compounded into us that it's even harder now to lift ourselves out of that stuck state and that stuck feeling. So I think it's about the mindset that we approach the routine with that's important, but the body needs to get up, it needs to move, it needs to make your bed, it needs to just do the basics, but do it well, but maybe turn the music up, you know? We need to inject a little bit of joy in. Oh, we definitely do. And I love that aspect of your book as well, like finding the creative ways in the, in the day to add a little bit of joy. And I did particularly love the joy list. That was fantastic. I'm someone quite like you that needs to have it written down. And that mindset frame was just, that was pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, we I had my book launch two days ago in lockdown, so I can't go to any shops. We can't go and celebrate. So we had the best dance off in the kiss in the kitchen with the family. <laughs> we danced for about half an hour, and we did this ridiculous Olympic dance off where, because the Olympics is starting, you know, you had to. You know how you used to be the sprinkler on the dance floor or do those kind of moves? We actually had to be Olympians and we had to do be a pole vaulter and then we had to be a discus and then we had to be a hurdler. And we danced for about half an hour. And it was such a great book launch for me because it was just with my kids and my husband. But we just had to try and make it special. You know, we could sit in the doldrums about it's not fair and what a shame and all of these things. But we thought, oh, well, let's just dance it out. Oh, I love that. It's so beautiful. This morning on my yoga mat, I decided to do the same thing. I had some musty old energy that I could feel within my body and I just started to shake my body around. I was stomping on the floor. I was punching in the air. I was just trying to get rhythm through my body and it actually was a beautiful release. Yeah, well, Tony Robbins always says, doesn't he, change your state, change your story, change your life. And the first thing is we've got to change our state. So if we're sitting all day and then going to the couch, you're, you're in a stuck state all day. So the more that we change our state, which is moving, going for a walk around the block, jumping up and down, doing 10 push-ups, doing 20 push-ups before you get in the shower, whatever it might be, you change your hormone level. You change what's happening in the mind and your perspective changes. So the more that you change your state while in lockdown, mm. um, the better our story will be about what we're thinking about the world and the better our life will be. I think that's incredible advice to anyone out there listening at home who is like you and I that is sitting through these lockdowns at the moment. And it does help to hear those things because I think sometimes we just forget the simple things that are easy for us to do, like go for a walk around the block. So thank you for reminding us today. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, I've made it in. Normally when you launch a book, you know, you go and send out your 60 books at once, you know, to all these people. I'm doing two a day oh. and I want to make it last. And it means I get to walk to the post office every single day and I send those two books out with love rather than just my normal achievement junkie self that would do it all in one day is we're not going anywhere soon. So let's enjoy it now. You know, let's think about doing things a little bit differently. Mm, that sounds so mindful doing it with love and you did mention that you were a bit of an achievement junkie could you shed some light on that for me yes um, definitely still am an achievement junkie um, a type overachieving perfectionist which always ends up in burnout so the achievement part of me now has to be the healthier version so it's really nice for me to go and write a book, do vision board kits, speak in front of 500 people, no problem. Um, love it, tick it off the list, set goals, tick them off. <clears throat> but what I've had to do is value the achievement of meditation, mm. of going for the walk to the post office, of writing in my journal, of doing the gratitude work at night, of breathing every time I wash my hands. Because it's actually those activities that allow me to feel great, that allow me to be able to present, to coach people, to keep doing the goals that I love doing. Mm. Without that, I burn out. So I've actually had to turn my achievement junkie self into a healthier version by actually valuing washing my hands and breathing 
as an achievement. Mm. It's not a chore, it's an achievement because the more that I do achieve those things on my list, um, so they're on my joy list along with all the to-do things, the whole thing is joyful, but it's, all, mm. it's a much healthier version, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Now, I know you yourself, you've written in your book that you have experience with dancing with uh, chronic fatigue and depression. I just want to say thank you for writing about that firstly. They're things that I myself have in my own life and quite a few people I know in my circle, but just everywhere. They're things so many people experience and it does help when someone shares about it. So I just want to say thank you for that firstly. Well, my pleasure. I wish... I wish I had something to read 20 years ago that didn't make me feel so alone. Mm. Um, 20 years ago, you know, chronic fatigue, it was like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with you, so we'll just stick you in the corner. Um, and depression was never talked about at all. So it was a really lonely, awful time. And I think now that we can talk about it, we can share our stories, we can really take some nice comfort in the fact that we're not the only one. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, I can imagine that would have been an, inc like an incredibly isolating time and perhaps a time that you didn't think that you would make it through, but you did. Would you mind telling me a little bit about that? Yeah, I think depression comes in massive waves for me. It's not there all the time, but it comes in and it's like a big dark cloud that sits in that could put me in fetal position in the corner. Um, and the chronic fatigue is quite similar. It's like if I push a little bit too far, do a little bit too much, you know, I pay the price. I get very, very sore legs. I get tingling through my body. I get brain fog. So I actually see the whole thing as a gift now that if I didn't have that, I would be a lot more of a crazy achievement junkie rushing through life smashing goals but no fulfillment mm. whereas now that I have that and have to be very aware of it every single day that I live very mindfully I actually feel like I'm so in touch with what's happening and that I can care for myself a hell of a lot more that I feel like my life has got so much more depth to it and so much more joy and so much more fulfillment than just being the crazy A-type person yeah and you can see that it shines through in your book and just reading through all of those things, I thought to myself, it would have been such a guide for me to have that when things started to get pretty bad for me. Just yeah. as simple as starting the book with teaching people how to sit with their emotions, that for me got me quite emotional at first because it's terribly hard to sit in the silence with those feelings and thoughts. And I can imagine it might've been hard for you at first as well but that was just really beautiful to read. Well, we're not taught that, right? We're taught to distract yourself as quickly as you can and not feel it, but that means it doesn't go away. So if we can just allow ourselves, you know, half an hour, even 20 minutes to sit in the stench of the feeling, <sighs> it actually goes away. <laughs> it, it leaves the body, it's incredible. And I really learned that by working with some incredible mentors over in Thailand. Um, who were Buddhists and monks and Indians, and they taught me sit in the feeling and let it go. Stop holding on to it and distracting yourself, because mm. that's actually what we're doing. So we're actually not taught that. So I really wrote the book as a guidebook 
for anyone going through change. And all the lessons I've learned, all the teachings I've had, um, I, I always wished I could give my client the book. You know, I was like, how can I? I didn't have the resource to give them that would nurture them through it beside their bed um, as, as every night they could dip into it. And finally, last year in lockdown, with so many people hurting, I said, it's time to write it. It's time to put everything I teach into a book that is a four-step guide. It's very simple. It's, you don't want to read a whole book on grief. You don't want to read a whole book on emotions. So let's just make it like Jamie Oliver's four ingredients, you know, let's make it really simple yeah. so we can all understand it and practice it and learn it at a much younger age. Yeah, and it's a gift. It really is because, like you were saying, it would have benefited all of us prior to having all of this change happen, but now it's here at the right time. Mm. Now, you yourself work as a presenter. You are a best-selling author. You are a coach. At what point in your life did you realise that that was your purpose? Um, I realised that I had a purpose 20 years ago when I was sick. And I was lying in bed in so much pain for about a year. And I realized that the job that I was doing, which was looking after elite athletes, I saw what happened to athletes when, you know, they get the crisis, they get the, the knee goes or there's an injury or they get dropped from the team and nobody cares about you after your job, you know, and they hadn't built themselves as a person. They had identified themselves as their job. You know, who are you without your job? And there was nobody really cared back then about mental health. So I decided to study coaching to coach them into retirement and build them as a person. And then I realized, oh, I love doing this. I need to do this not just for athletes, but for every human to build them as a person and not just you are your title or what job role you've got, but how can we be really calm and confident in our own skin? No matter what job we're doing, we're just jumping on and off those different rides. But you yourself are with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. So we need to become friends with ourselves. We need to honour that person. We need to love being with that person. So I became very passionate. And I think that's when you know what your purpose is. It didn't really come to me overnight. Um, you know how people say, what's your purpose? You know, it can be written, my purpose is living by my values. And for a lot of people, they say, I need my big purpose in life. That's really overwhelming and very stressful. So when we bring it down to why don't we just have the purpose of living for your values, which is your code of conduct. And they're the boss every day. You've always got someone to go and work for. You've always got someone to go and, and make decisions for and nurture and nourish. So when we actually see our values as the main boss, the business that we work for, that's your purpose. And everybody has that. Everybody has a purpose if they know their values because we go and make decisions that support your values. Oh, that's incredible. And I exactly... Much easier. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the place to start, isn't it? You know, mm. you, you can't figure anything out if you don't know what they are. No, you can't. And also, I think the brain needs a map. You know, the brain needs some instructions. Otherwise, it does whatever it likes and it will take you on any journey it likes. Mm. But when you get up every day and you work for your three values, you know, mine's health, mental, physical and emotional, showing up for myself as my best self and achievement, 
and my achievement is both career and building myself every day and nurturing myself. Um, I've, I've got a big job right there, you know, regardless of my job that I go to every day, which is coaching and writing, etc. Is it's just so beautiful for, for the brain to know, oh, I've got a job. That's what it is. And then I've got my career job, but my real job is what did I do for myself physically today? Eat, move and sleep. And we can tweak that for the rest of our life. What am I doing for my mental health? How am I training my brain? What am I telling myself? Am I being kind to myself? My emotional health, am I treating myself as I would my best friend? You know, am I open to receiving? Or am I just giving all the time? Wow. You know, so, yeah, we've got these amazing jobs to do every day. And when people can connect with their values, you know, my client this morning was creativity was one of them. And she's a lawyer and she said, I need to inject colour into my job. I said, well, treat it, treat legal work as a creative, joyful journey. And all of a sudden she said, yes, why don't I do that? It's just a mindset. What if I approached it with joy? Keeps life simple. It's really interesting that you can choose your energy every day. You know, we can choose to show up here on our podcast with lightness and joy. Or we can choose to show us how I have to do this instead of we get to do this. Yeah. And we get to have this conversation. It's awesome. So it's that mindset that we bring to our everyday. We get to do the washing. We get to do the dishes because we've got great food. You know, we, we get to do the washing because we've worn beautiful clothes. I mean, it's not difficult. It's a mindset. It is. That almost like it sings gratitude to me. It's like, yeah. I'm so happy that I get to do this. Now, Shana, in your book, you talk about stepping outside the comfort zone and that how when you're ready, it can be extremely beneficial for you. I'm wondering if you might be able to provide an example for us today when stepping outside your comfort zone led to something incredible. Well, one of them would definitely be public speaking. Oh my gosh. Um, I was asked one day and I was coaching all of these people individually and he said, can you please come and speak to my team? And I was like, oh, I don't do that. And then he said, you know, it's going to be great. All the things you've taught me, can you teach my team? And I remember um, saying yes. And then Oh, I had terrible tummy pains and, you know, I had the sweats and, um, headaches and all kinds of things and then the two weeks leading up to it I didn't sleep and it was just ridiculous and I remember going to the office in the city and going into the bathroom and ringing my husband and saying I can't do this you know this is too overwhelming this is too hard and he said you're just sharing knowledge it's okay you're not performing you're just sharing knowledge share the knowledge and come home so I, I've done that now for 20 years where I've sometimes gone on stage and there's 500 people and I just say, I'm just sharing knowledge, you know? So what happened was by taking that one step, I survived and then I did it again and then I did it again. And now I love it and I still get nervous 20 years later, but it lasts only for a minute where it used to last a long time. It's, you know, the minutes have gone down, but if you weren't nervous, there'd be something wrong. You know, you want to get excited. So it's to learning to turn that nervousness and that fear into excitement. Yeah. Um, and when I really practice that and work with a coach on that and 
and tried to turn my fear into excitement, I've really opened the door to a whole lot more in my life where I say a lot of hell yes, just yes, and we'll figure it out, you know, we'll dive in and see if we can swim. I think, um, I think that's been really joyful to, to allow myself to step out of the comfort zone and dip my toe in new waters and feel the fear and do it anyway. I am hoping that everyone sinks that in, in their brain. Mm. Whoever is listening to this right now, it's just like, even though it scares you, it may just be the best thing that you ever do. Yeah, yeah. But I always say greatness is on the other side of fear. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, like it, I think if you really think about it and you think about times when you do things that scare you and you think about what happened afterwards. Was it ever really that bad? Or have we always just thought it was going to end up in this catastrophized way? But you're right. Generally, it turns out to be a really great thing to do. Yeah. Shanna, when's a time in your life that you've said no, but you wished you have said yes? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I'm not sure, actually. I think I've said a lot of yes. <laughs> Probably, you know, my husband always is the one that puts the reins on me and says, slow down. Um, so I think I have very rarely ever said no. I've, I've sort of really tried to learn and grow and evolve through being fearful and trying new things and meeting new people and taking new opportunities, even if I didn't know how to do it that well. And I think what happens is, especially girls, we, we just we want to be perfect at it before we try and do it, you know, before we put ourselves on display, whereas I've actually been the opposite. <laughs> I've just gone, oh, well, I'll just have a go and see what happens. And, you know, if it doesn't work that well, you know, some talks haven't been that great um, in the early days. And I was like, oh, that didn't go too well. And I'd get in my car and I'd drive home and I'd get home and they'd say, that was great. And I was like, oh, it's terrible. But they didn't know all the lines that I forgot to say. You know, they didn't know the knowledge that I knew that I forgot to share. And so we're so we're such a harsh critic of ourselves that we just need to really back that off. Mm. I really respect your courage in saying <laughs> yes, because that is just, it's hard. So well done, first of all. Secondly, are there times in our lives where we should use the word no? Yes, absolutely, we should use the word no. And I use the word no a lot. And I use the word no to protect my energy. So I don't use it necessarily with opportunity. What I do is I say no to, oh, that dinner, I don't want to go to the footy club. Instead of going to that party where no one else is really going to notice if I'm there or not, I think I might stay home and watch Netflix because I'm really exhausted. Or sometimes I've even said no to work to say, I can't take any more clients. I'm actually full. I don't want to exhaust myself. I don't want to take away from the energy I want to give the current clients. So I've said no, and that's financially a very big decision, mm. um, especially when you say no to doing a national tour. Um, which I have done before because I've thought that's just going to tip my health over and I'm going to end up in fetal position and I don't ever want to go there again. So sometimes it's saying no to an enormous amount of work 
and some great income to protect my health. And I think that when you have your values and you're working for them, you know, is this, is this going to add to my health or take away? Hmm. And if it's going to take away too much, it's just a hell no. I just, I just protect that asset, which is myself as much as I can. Otherwise we're going to burn out. Yeah, exactly. And why else is it otherwise from protecting your own health? Why is it also really important for others that we protect our energy? Yeah, because if I, if I'm a burnt out, exhausted mum and wife and friend and coach, none of it's going to be good. Everything's going to be average. And I don't want to be average. I don't want to live average all the time. So it's like high performance mindset. And I worked with a lot of athletes. So I probably adopted that high performance mindset to go be very careful with your choices. You know, is that choice going to give me more confidence? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try that because it will add to my confidence. If I go there, it's going to destroy my confidence because there's people there that destroy my confidence. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to put myself in that position because at the end of the day, I, my most important thing is to be there for my energy. The second is for my family, for my children, for my husband, for my extended family, for my friends and for my clients. So there's, there's such a ripple effect to me saying yes or no to something. Um, for all of us. So thinking about how you want to feel is probably how you want to be making a decision. Thank you so much for saying that you came first just then. I think you were very mindful of saying you, then your husband and your kids. And to me, I'm just so happy to hear you say that because not enough people have learned that yet. No, people seem to think it's selfish, right? To, and we don't really verbalise it. And I don't go around saying I'll put myself first because that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> but I actually do <laughs> because it's all about my mental, physical, emotional health. If, if that oxygen tank is full, then I can help a lot of people and I can have a really happy life. Those tanks are not full because I've just been putting myself last. I actually can't deliver how I want to be delivering. I can't have that impact. I can't nurture how I want to nurture my friends. I can't be non-judgmental because I'm too tired, so I'll just judge instantly. Mm -hmm. So I really feel that when we put ourselves first, it means you put the oxygen mask on first. We can help a lot more people. It's a really simple concept. And when we get rid of the, the uh, guilt and the selfish mindset that, I don't know, came from generations ago, we all know with our role models that the role models that have looked after themselves, their tank is full, they've honoured who they are, they help a lot of people. That's far more appealing than having a martyr, you know, as a friend, someone who puts themselves last. Definitely, definitely. Now I can see what a giving and generous person you are and you're someone that is actively helping your clients, not only your family, but also everyone who reads this book. At some stage, and I don't know if this is still relevant now, but has it ever been hard for you to receive help? Oh yes, I, I have had done a lot of work on trying to receive. I'm very good at giving, not good at receiving. Like for example, um, you know, I don't like to celebrate my birthday. And um, I'm like, oh no, let's, it's just a birthday, it's fine. 
um, it's no big deal. I don't like to celebrate. I'll have a family dinner. But... And one day my own coach said to me, you're so selfish. And I was like, why is that selfish? And she said, because you've stopped other people from having joy. She said, when you have a friend whose birthday is, what do you like to do? I'm like, oh, I love to go shopping. And I love to buy them something special. And I love to turn up to their house for some balloons. And she said, well, you just stopped all those people from doing that. Mm. So it was quite selfish. So I really, that word selfish stopped me in my tracks to say, when I don't let people support or help me, I take away their joy, the joy of them giving. So I very quickly said, okay, I think I need to open up. And I did, I started to open up and allow people to look after me or to be kind to me or to help me or support me or celebrate me. And um, yeah, it's really much nicer. <laughs> But we don't get taught that, right? We, we're taught to give, but we're not taught to receive. And I think it's just as important as giving. Mm. Does it, it, of course, included an element of needing to ask for help for you, did it? Absolutely. You know, when waves of depression come in, um, I need help. I, I cannot do it alone. So I'll speak to my doctor, my naturopath. Um, I'll get myself a coach for a couple of months to really help me through it and someone to talk to because that's not my husband's job, you know. Um, so I sort of really lean on these kind of people who are experts in their field to, to support me through the bout, the, you know, that, that change that I'm going through again and to navigate myself through it in a far more um, healthy manner than trying to distract and doing all of those kind of things. That's powerful. Yeah, it's really, really a lovely way to be. Mm, I love that. In your book, you talk a lot about training the brain and you use affirmations. Yes. Oh, they're my favourite. I love affirmations. So I really love the thought of thinking of your brain as a computer. And if you don't program it, anything in, it will do what it's one, as we said before. So we've got our values. But also, if we're telling ourselves today could be easy and effortless, or today I'm going to flow with whatever happens, um, or today I feel abundant, or today I feel strong and energetic, you know, we program that in and it sends the messages to the body. And that's a really beautiful and exciting way to live. So when we have, if we're telling ourselves it's going to be stressful and it's tired and I'm busy and I hate lockdown and I'm stuck, guess what's happening in your body? Mm. It's filtering all of those words into your nervous system and that creates dis-ease, right, as you know. So let's not use the brain to create dis-ease. Let's use the brain to create ease. Let's use the brain to set up the foundation of how we want to feel. So I always ask myself, what energy do I choose right now? So I'm choosing to be light, to be vibrant, to be energetic, to be joyful. That's how I want today to be. So I'm going to approach the washing with that, the cooking with that, my podcast interviews with that, like with you, fantastic. All of my clients today, all of my interviews today, all the articles I need to write today, I'm going to approach all of them with lightness 
it's Friday with joy, with vibrancy. You know, I really want to set that up for my brain. And when we do that, the day is fabulous. Or I could say, oh, it's going to be stressful and tired and exhausting. I've got two podcasts, all these articles, five clients, got the kids at home, my husband home, I've got to cook, got to wash. That would feel overwhelming for most people, I believe. Absolutely. So for me, that ends up in chronic fatigue, depression and exhaustion. Mm. So your brain is so powerful that if we put the right wording in, the right coding, we have a chance to get to the end of the day with a sense of achievement and fulfilment and joy. Say, wow, that was massive. That was great. Okay, now I need to rest. But that's very different to I'm completely exhausted and burnt out and falling on the couch. Extremely different. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> now, how can someone at home who's listening today that's never done anything to do with affirmations, like what do they do with them? Do they just say them to themselves? Do they write them down? What do they do? Well, I have them everywhere. So screensaver, I've got them up on the wall in the office. I've got them on my mirror. So for 20 years on my mirror in whiteboard marker, which rubs off uh, the values and all the affirmations I need. I am strong, I am flexible, today is easy and effortless, I flow like a river. It's all there, you know, you should just go for it, you've got this, all of these amazing things. You are enough, mm. it's all there. So because I see it every day, whether it be on a sticky notes, you know, I've got my sticky notes here, with my values, they've been there for 20 years. Um, I've got them on the vision boards here and I've got another vision board there. Because it's everywhere around me, it becomes a part of you, right? So it's like, it's so, so ingrained in me that any I am statement, I'm very aware of. I am open to receiving. I am strong. I am allowing today to be easy and effortless. And when we say them to ourselves, or we write them in our journal, or we put them on the mirror, or we put them on a sticky note, or we have them as a screensaver. They're there to support us. It's like putting a beautiful stake in the ground for the tomato plant and tying it up so it's supported. That's what's happening in the brain when we have these affirmations going in. Thank you. I love, oh, mm. I love them too. They're specifically something that I love to do while I'm journaling. And I know you mentioned journaling before, why do you think it is so important? Because I don't think your brain knows what it's thinking until it sees it in writing. And when we see what we've written or we're writing what we're grateful for, that's very different than just thinking, oh, I'm grateful for the shower. When you write, I am so grateful that I have warm, hot water and a shower, I immediately think of all the people that don't have that. I see it and I think you should be grateful for that because that is, that is pure luxury right there to be able to have a shower. But if I just think it fleetingly, it doesn't fulfill my life. Whereas when you see it and you write it and you acknowledge it, 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 it brings depth to your world. Mm. How has journaling helped you when you might be going through something quite hard? Um, I think it's so powerful just to write down, you know, I'm feeling stuck, I'm angry. It's a little bit like sitting with the emotions. You're allowing them to go out. 
So we're either sitting in them and, and feeling them and letting them go. We're writing them, we're feeling them, and we're writing them and they're going out through the pen. They're leaving the body. So I think when you are in that tough time or you're really struggling or you're going through a breakup or something like that, the more that you write about it, the more you're healing yourself and the more you're understanding yourself. And I think that's a really beautiful and powerful thing you can do for yourself. Definitely, definitely can. And it's like you said, it's one of those things where you're investing in yourself and your mental health, your spiritual health, emotional, it's kind of all of them. It's everything. It's everything, isn't it? It's, it's, it's really about capturing who you are the essence of the person and what we're thinking and what we're feeling and we get to understand ourselves. and when we understand ourselves, then we can ask for help when we know what we're trying to explain or we can really help ourselves through that journey because when we read it you know some people say to me i read what i wrote a week ago i can't believe i wrote that <laughs> i'm like yeah because this too shall pass that's another affirmation this too shall pass. The way we're feeling today will be different to how we feel tomorrow. And sometimes we can feel different within the hour. You know, in one hour, you could feel extreme annoyance and frustration about lockdown. And within the hour, you could have extreme joy because you just heard a great song. So our feelings and emotions can change so quickly that we need to remember this too shall pass whenever we're feeling in a dark and stuck moment. Mm. Yes, this too shall pass. I think that has been the theme that's been running through my head the last couple of days in particular, as things have felt quite heavy and have been hard to move through the body. But you're right, the more that you repeat that, you believe it, it does, it begins to change the mindset. Yes, yes, 100%. And it just needs to know, it's like the clouds, you know, they just keep moving. So does the world changes every day. The body changes by the hour. The hormones change every hour. Our nervous system changes every hour. So it's never gonna stay the same. So we can take real comfort in that knowledge. Definitely, everything is impermanent. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in your book, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind if I just talked about stage one for a little bit, which was recognize and respond. We've spoken about sitting with and understanding, maybe journaling through the emotions and what arises. But you also speak about understanding the stages of grief. And why do you think that is so important? I think it's imperative because we're not taught at school um, the stages of grief. There's six, seven stages of grief. Um, people who, you know, would normally love to go for a walk with five friends and get a coffee, who can't do that at the moment in lockdown, and thinking, why am I stuck and feeling unmotivated at home? You're actually grieving. It's part of grief. You know, we might be grieving that we can't visit our parents or we might be grieving we're not gonna get on a plane again for a while or we're grieving the holiday that we lost or the job or the relationship. Um, we, we go through grief a lot, but we have not been taught it. And it's really comforting when you look at that in the book and you go, oh, I'm actually normal, <laughs> you know. Uh, this is a normal feeling to feel, you know, anger, shame, embarrassment, frustration, relief, and all of these things before I find meaning. 
um, I think is a very, very important part. That's why I put it in the book is so many people on the screen over the last 18 months that I've been coaching, huge teams, 200 people at a time. When I say to them, you are so lethargic and tired and frustrated because you're grieving, said, what a sigh of relief. Now I don't feel like there's something wrong with me. It's actually a part of grief that we're grieving the world that we lost. And when people understand that and are given that as a, as a label, I suppose, to put on it, oh, they stop picking on themselves and beating themselves up that something's taking them an hour now that used to take them half an hour because their motivation isn't what it used to be. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. I imagine that you would have had to move through those phases of grief when chronic fatigue found you. I move through these phases regularly because, you know, some days I wake up, I feel like I've been hit by a truck and I have to go through the frustration and the anger and the annoyance and the sadness before I go into, oh yeah, I've got to dance with it. What can I do to honour myself today? How could I be kind to myself today? But doesn't start like that it starts in pure grief so that could be on a weekly basis for me you know I I'm grieving I couldn't have a book launch um, you know but got sad got angry got frustrated and then went okay I can make it mean something let's have a dance party and I had a really great time in my kitchen with my kids and my husband but we are grieving all of us every one of us is grieving something at the moment but Nobody knows that they're grieving. They just think there's something wrong with them or they're angry with themselves for not being energetic and frustrated. Mm. I think it's really beautiful what you just said. I think it's important for people to note there is nothing wrong with you. That's no, it. you're being perfect right now, exactly as you are. But know that it's a part of a human thought process, feeling process and emotion. So there's, we don't need to, to be angry with ourselves or, or tell ourselves we've lost our confidence or tell ourselves that we're not good enough because we are, we are enough. We're just going through a really tough time. Mm. And this too shall pass again. There we go. And it will pass. Mm -hmm. mm. I know what a compassionate and empathetic person you are because I'm feeling that energy right now and I know that you are connecting to this whole collective energy what would you say to the people that are listening today who are struggling? What is one thing that you just really want them to hear? I want them to take a breath. Hmm. Okay, so a lot of people are stuck in their thought pattern that's going around like a washing machine on the same cycle every day. They probably have been holding their breath the whole time. No one's taken a diaphragmatic breath. Just take a breath. Just Stop the overthinking, take a breath. What's one kind thing that you could find as a gift today? You know, find the gift today. And let's build on that one step at a time, just one step at a time. Mm. I did I just close my eyes and had to really feel into that for a second. Thank you. It was nice to just really take nice. <laughs> I know, no one's breathing. <laughs> So I catch myself even going, I think I've just been holding my breath. 
And I sit here coaching people all day and I just breathe. I've got sticky notes that say breathe everywhere, breathe on the mirror. When I'm having a shower, taking deep breaths, like let's fuel the brain. We wonder why we've got such stuck energy. No one's breathing. So we're doing very short, shallow breaths or we're holding our breath. So when we can really tap into, and listen, lockdown is a great gift to go and learn something. Mm. So we need to use this time and make COVID and lockdowns work for you to upskill. It's a time to learn, time to grow. So we can grow and learn all the different types of breathing. <clears throat> we can go and master meditation because we're not commuting. So we can go and do these things as a skill set and think about, I'm going to master these things. So when the world opens up again, I'm a calm, confident person because I did the work in the lockdown. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I think it's important to note because you are very massively an advocate for self-nourishment and self-care. And it's not to say that those things need to be pushed aside because we need to be actively learning something. It's just a... I was going to say an amalgamation of both in a way. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. I have enjoyed this conversation with you so much. I have two more questions before we do wrap things up, if that's okay. I'd like to know from your heart right now, what is something that is giving you life right now? The ability to share tools and tips with people. You know, it is filling my soul to be able to share with people some of the basics that we need to master in life and giving them the encouragement to use the lockdown to better themselves and to learn. You know, I, it's just making me so happy speaking to so many people every week and corporate teams and I'm, um, yeah, I'm really finding it very joyful to be able to share at the moment. Mm. It's incredible. And thank you for sharing because I know that you joining us here today, talking, it's impacting everyone who listens, everyone who purchases your new book, who reads Plan B is going to feel that and just the benefits of understanding how to move through a time like this and how to navigate change. And it's just amazing. So thank you very much. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Now, Shanna, how can people find you, get your book? How can they do those things? Yeah, well, I'm I'm on Instagram, Shanna Kennedy, and I've got my website, shannakennedy.com. And there's a lot of free resources there too. There's all, I put in lockdown last year, I made free vision board kits so that people could go and do a vision board in lockdown. So it's got all the words all ready to cut it out. It's printable. Um, I've also got about 30 free screensavers there um, for people that are free so that you can just download them. It tells you you're enough. You've got this. All of those wonderful affirmations are all there. Um, and the book is available in Target, Big W, Kmart, Dimix, Booktopia online, and it's also an audio book. Oh, it's incredible. One last question, if that is okay. Sometimes I like to ask my guests to just close their eyes and to imagine what the future they are creating looks like. What does it look like to you? 
Um, for me, it is, looks like um, energy. You know, it's about creating great energy that I can't wait to get on a plane again and travel the world. You know, I, I feel like my wings are just going to go bigger. You know, I'm very excited about that, you know. Um, so I feel like I think the future is going to be amazing. And I think that the more work people do in lockdown around themselves, that have been given this opportunity to go and love yourself like your life depends upon it, to explore your thoughts, your feelings, write down your dreams, do your vision boards, the world will open up again. Mm. So let's be ready. Let's not waste this time. Let's be ready. Let's upskill. Let's do it. Let's get ready for that. And thank you for providing the tools for us to be able to love ourselves more, care on ourselves more, and to actually plan for the future and for this pivot that we're all going to have to do. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Steph. It's been great speaking to you. And I wish all of your listeners to be kind to themselves, to care about themselves, and hopefully the book will really be a guidebook for the rest of their life. I definitely think so. I feel really grateful to have been able to connect with Shannon today via Zoom while we are moving through this lockdown. It's a wonderful privilege to still be able to sit down with people and have these thought-provoking and incredibly meaningful conversations, even though we can't necessarily be there together in person. And I know that's not 100% ideal, but the value and the takeaways are there all the same. And today's episode is definitely not short on those. And like today's episode, Shanna's new book, Plan B, is filled with information that I really wish that I had at my disposal early last year when I was really sick, whilst I was moving through loss and grief and also navigating this pandemic. And if you at home are feeling a little bit lost and stuck, Shanna's book could be a really good place for you to start. Get clear on your values, figure out what your ideal future looks like in this new climate, and then take your next step forward. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Shanna for being such a heart-led and incredibly generous guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with Shanna on Instagram at Shanna Kennedy and myself at Steph Sanzaro. If you are feeling called to leave a rating over on the Apple Podcasts app, I cannot thank you enough. To stay up to date with new episodes, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button in your app. If you have someone you would love for me to interview or are interested in sponsoring a new episode, all you have to do is send through any communication via email to steph at stephsenzaro.com. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm sending you all my love and I look forward to connecting with you in our next episode.